Hey, Pat. Hey, Dan. What's up? How are you? Great. So we're doing this again. Yep. It's been a little less than the uh, period between this this last time. and Yeah, you know what I mean. It Has was it? like a month before, and now it's been like uh, four weeks instead of a month. So that's yeah. like a little quicker-ish. Not really. Not so much. Anyway, I'm on the other side of this time. Yeah, you moved. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the other side of the country now. But hey, through the wonders of the internet, the podcast marches forward. The internet. Yeah. What will they think of next? I don't know. They have podcasts now. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. Totally a thing. So we've got. uh, We're going to take a break from the uh, guilt cards. We'll, uh, I think, wrap it up next time, and uh, we're just going to kind of uh, talk strategy-ish. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to turn out. We'll see what happens. Talk about Dominion. Yeah, we're going to talk about Dominion on the Dominion podcast. First off, mm-hmm. some news on the Goko front. That's right. Finally, Goko has all the cards. I think that's correct. Yes, all of the cards are now officially implemented in the online system. Uh, because before we were missing some promos, correct? Correct. We were missing Black Market and Stash. And they are now there, and uh, they work. They do. <laughs> they work as advertised. Indeed. Uh, they are interesting. Yeah. Uh, Black Market has a little clause that I didn't even realize. Dan and I were uh, just playing around with the cards, and I did not know. And I uh, have a Dominion podcast, so I like to think that I know a fair amount about Dominion. I did not know that you put unbought cards back on the bottom of the di- of the Black Market deck in any order you choose. I actually do remember that from ISO back in the day. Um because let's face it, I have yet to play uh, a black market game in real life. <laughs> um, I just is that true? It's the truth, man. Huh? Okay. That's too many damn cards to, have uh, to put away. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little. There's a bit of work. Um, not that I play a ton in real life to begin with, but uh, no, I, I have yet to bust out my uh, official, ac- actual black market card. One of my original dominion peeps like when i first bought dominion she loved black market and we would just stack up literally every single randomizer card i had and that was the that was the black market deck jesus and uh yeah it took a little while to play games because so you, you use the randomizer ones? well you use the randomizer cards as the black market deck and then when someone buys that card then you go then you go digging oh, okay because uh because yeah. you can tell if they yeah. have a yeah indeed gotcha clever Speaking of you can tell, uh, I did get a kick out of the way they they stayed true to the um, Stash card. Right. Stash yeah. is the only card that has a unique back artwork. It's got the it. Spiel des Jahres uh, logo front and center there. It's like a gum, gumball machine or something? Uh, I believe it's a keyhole. Oh. I always thought of it as a kind of a Tom Servo gumball machine sort okay. of thing. Okay, sure. Yeah. But that makes more sense now that now you know. Now you know. Actually, I think it's just the... Like, it's the shape of the Spiel des Jahres logo. Um, so it's mm. just like an outline of it. I always thought it was a keyhole. But, yeah, let's go uh, Tom Servo. That works, too. Does it dispense treats for mm. coins? Not so much. Mm. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. Moving uh, Yeah, but they have that nice uh, back of the card. So even when your opponent is playing, you can see if they have a stash in their hand, which, like, could... Uh, let's think about this. Is that is there any time in which that could be useful? Sure. I guess. Yeah. Well, if you're playing something like um, Saboteur or other, you know, another card. Oh, if you're seeing it on top of their deck. If you, or you can see it in their hand. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It, like, you, you'll see it at the yeah. top of their draw pile. Right. Okay. Yeah, there's some there's some cases. 
there's some there's some cases in which it could be sure. useful. Sure, sure, or, uh, or a masquerade, I guess. You know, th- things where c- <laughs> cards where you 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 know the the opponent has to uh, draw some cards, right, and do some stuff with them. Yeah, like throw them away or give them to you, <laughs> what have you. Yeah. Anyway, nice nice attention to detail there, Goko. Indeed, preach. And it's still a terrible card. Like they, uh, I think they've done as good a job as they can with it. Yeah. Uh, insofar as like the way in which you put it back into your deck when and you're go- shuffling, it, but it's yeah. And then Gogo did also get props points from me, um, yeah. because there are two ways to acquire this card. Uh, the first of which is the annoying earn it way, <laughs> which means you have to play dozens and dozens of games against the computer to win those stupid shield points. Sure. Or you can spend like $4 on their whatever their GoCoin currency thingy is and, and, and get the cards that way. So that's what I did. There you go. Yeah. Forget earning little shieldy things. Oh my gosh. That is just an arduous task, man. And it, it, it gets rough, man, because what happens is, I don't know if you've, if you've been through these uh, single-player adventure games, but it gets to the point where towards the ends of these... So so for those who haven't gone this route, I'll, I'll spell it out a little bit. In the adventure mode where you play against the computer, and, and, and you know, I think that's a cool thing that they have that. So that totally. you, get, you know, you get to know the different games. I'm sorry, you get to know the different cards and see the way they interact. You're playing against a relative. I, I got to give the uh, the programmer some props. I mean, the AIs in the game are actually pretty smart most of the time, although they they have done some odd things in, in, in the past. But more often than not, they're, they're pretty crafty. Um, so... Uh, what happens is, you know, you'll play a game. Well, back backing up. So when you get an expansion, or I, I think the first, the first two or three, like the base set missions, uh, are are available for free. Yeah, and they're split like along three worlds, maybe two or three. I think like, it's three. I, I don't know if you call them worlds, but like but little zones or whatever you want zones, to call them, or sure. acts. I think they call them acts in the game. So each act has twenty games in it, and each game within those twenty games. Uh, there are only five boss levels where you can earn shield points. So, and and each one of those shield, uh, sorry, each one of those boss matches gets you a whopping two shield points. Yay! Yay! And how many shield points do you need to buy a promo card? One hundred. Oh my lord! Exactly. So that means you have to at the at a minimum, you know, you, you're you're talking about thirty or forty boss level games. Right. Um, which you know, which only occur five times per act. So it's like that's a lot of games, bro. <laughs> there's some there's some math there. So yeah, and you do get there are bonus. I think some of the bosses, like at the very ends, you get like four or maybe six. And I think if you finish an entire act, like an entire expansion, I think I did get like ten or eighteen. I can't something a little bit more like reasonable. Yeah. But it still took me a really long time to plow through these things. And here's another reason why it takes so damn long. As you get into these um, games, the AI literally stacks the deck against you. So you start off the game with a handicap. And in some cases, it's an absurd handicap. Like towards the end, I, I remember I'm, I'm working through the Seaside ones maybe now. Either Seaside or um, Prosperity, I can't remember. But um, so I'm like in act two or three and I'm, you know, about two thirds of the way through and I start off. They give me an extra estate, which is cool. So I have four estates in my hand. Right. But they start off with all silvers, two, oh, du- two duchies and a province. 
Like, that's their starting hand. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. And it's a little unreasonable. Now, to their credit, there is a way to balance yeah, the, right. the thing. Every time you do pretty much anything in uh, online Dominion, you, you earn these little coins. Even when you lose, you earn, like, five coins. So it's not too yeah. hard to get them. Um, and then when you win, you get, like, 10 or 15 or something like that. And, and anytime you play online against a real person, you also get some. They're relatively easy to rack up. Right. Uh, and then you can use those coins uh, on the online store to purchase uh, what are called zaps, which are these little units that you can use to... Re- Basically, the start of every game to either rebalance or... or- or even give in, yourself an in, in your favor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, towards the beginning when I was like trying to blast through these things, I just gave myself three silver, you know, <laughs> just blew through it. <laughs> and I just blew through it. But that was a little stupid. So lately what I've been doing is I'm just I'm just evening it out. I like a nice challenge, you know. Sure. But but for me to have to spend like 12 to 14 zaps to just to even the board out, that's that's I don't know. It seems kind of yeah. lame. Kind of lame. Yeah. So, what else? That's my that's my take on this whole online And it's thing. nice that they've given a way to in which just to skip through all that and just, hey, here's some money, give me some cards. Indeed. Like, kind of like the good old days before all of this, you know, buy a sack of gems or buy a pile of you know, just the iOS free-to-play. Anyway, that's a, yeah. that's, a di- that's a different podcast. So fortunately, uh, I'm, I'm happy to report that I, I did get to my first 100 shield points uh, earlier in the month. And uh, the first card of the promos that are only available with shield points uh, that I purchased was the Governor card, which I've always been quite fond of. There you go. So uh, I still have yet to get Walled Village and Envoy, but I am not as enthusiastic. I mean, I'll, I'll get to them eventually, you know. Sure. But uh, they are not as high a priority for me. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that's kind of cool that uh, I had some surprising success with today, which is kind of cool is uh, the latest update to the Goku extension, uh, web extension, whatever. What, Indeed. What the, uh, the yeah, the add-on, call it what add-on. you will. Yeah, we, we, we've mentioned it, I think, every time in the past. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's great. It's, it's also, I mean, I don't know if uh, you're about to say this, but it's also now on Safari and Firefox. Oh, I didn't know it was on Safari. Uh, yeah. I, I've always known it was on Firefox and Chrome, um, but I'd like to try it on Safari because... Yeah. Safari is a good web browser. One of the new features um, is this auto match thing, and I should read up on exactly how it works as far as the back end is concerned. But what what happens is you push the, you know, right next to the create game button. You know, it's not really a button; you just sort of click on the words. But right next to that, in the uh, in the little lobby area, you get this little uh, dialogue which get, lets you choose a few particular things about the game that you want to you want to play how many players what their uh whether it's ranked or not what there's what their ranking is uh specific sets that sort of thing uh and then you basically you hit the submit button and then you get entered into this little queue that i guess floats in the background on goko and then when it finds someone else who is waiting uh it proposes a match for you and then it goes ahead goes ahead and moves you to the room or to a separate room i guess um where the two of you will go and then you start a game and and you're matched up with somebody and it's it's pretty slick it's kind of crazy yeah it's it's kind of neat so i'm all, all in this little uh, extension yeah it's a pretty neat trick so uh i just got that i had that work for the first time today earlier today and i was pretty uh impressed so good job dudes yeah so, nicely done making gogo more like isotropic one step at a time indeed indubitably 
Uh, well, there's your uh, GoCo news. Yes. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> nice one. Indeed. Um, so just to mix things up, we were thinking about what other sort of segments we could do, and uh, Dan and I thought it would be fun to talk about how each of us analyzes a board. And we've sort of done this in previous shows where we've just uh, analyzed random boards, and we're, we're going to do that on this episode. But just kind of more generally speaking, how do we go about analyzing boards why don't uh dan i'm gonna give you a rest have a have a drink of water yeah and i've got a i've got a little list of kind of kind of what goes through my mind as whenever i see a new board and then dan will tell you what what he does you know and we've said this before i'm not the greatest uh, dominion player in the world so i'm more often than not kind of looking to have fun while i play dominion mm. and if i win awesome and if not eh, you know we'll just play another game because mm-hmm. it's quick mm-hmm uh, so typically what I look for, the way I have fun in Dominion is I try to make engines or I try to make cards interact with each other. So typically the first thing that I look for on a board are plus actions. Just And beyond that, maybe actions that kind of work well with each other, combo, if you will. Maybe uh, I, I always like a good uh, governor followed by a discard trick, basically to build up an opponent's hand uh, with a governor, you know, play two or three and then knock them back down <laughs> with, with a, the uh, like a militia with a militia or goons or whatever, just because uh, I'm kind of a jerk. Sure. Another classic on that one is the uh, knock them down to three and then masquerade them, which is oh always, sure, which I've had yeah. to me a couple times. That's always fun. Yeah, get a get a quasi pin going on in there. I would say maybe just behind looking for engine possibilities on my list is trashing, just because I love trashing. Mm-hmm. And if there's a way in which I can trim down my deck or maybe do a little remodel from one card into another card, I will definitely do that. And I'll also kind of look at maybe the speed of the trashing. You know, a high-speed trasher would be something like a chapel or uh, maybe a steward, basically anything where you could get rid of more than one card at a time. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, sometimes that'll be that'll just be it. I'll be like, oh, well, let's just... the The choice is clear, like... Let's go like that. Uh, otherwise, like maybe a slower speed, like uh, maybe a lookout or um, maybe a loan, something like that, where you're just kind of slowly working its way down. I will usually, basically, I'm a sucker for trashing. If there's if there's something on the board that can trash, I am probably going to buy it. And if mm-hmm. there are multiple things, yeah, maybe I'll buy multiple things. So that is something else that I'll look out for. I would say all of these are like right next to each other. So uh, plus actions, trashing. And then if I see other green cards on the board, alternate VPs, mm-hmm. that will also, just because I'm kind of a sucker for that as well. Like if I, I'm trying to think of like what 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 my favorites would be within there. I would say one of my least favorites is gardens, just because I do like trashing and I have a hard time just uh, wading through crap. Mm-hmm. I do like silk roads. I really like vineyards because that, again, appeals to my engine uh, strategies. And maybe the occasional, uh, I mean, I kind of like the Duke duchy math occasionally. It depends. I, I will frequently let my opponents just try to handle the entire province pile by themselves and just mm-hmm. go for a Duke or duchy combo if I can pull that off. I just, I just played a game like that earlier today. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I had to, I had a feast in there with a throne room, which was quite useful. So oh, yeah. Always, get a couple, yeah, that's like perfect. Twofers. Yeah, really exactly. Nice. And then finally, the last thing is I'll, I'll look for whether or not there are plus buys on the board because I that will frequently kind of determine the pace of the game. If there are plus buys, things are probably going to go a little bit faster. And if they're not, I mean, basically, if 
you're only acquiring, if you and your opponent or opponents are only acquiring one card per turn, just by virtue of that alone, the game is going to go a bit slower. Uh, so that will kind of determine whether or not I need to like end the game as quickly as possible or if uh, it's going to be a little more leisurely. Mm-hmm. So that's just sort of kind of a high-level overview of the way in which I analyze things. I kind of look for individual components and maybe kind of piece them together from there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't want to say it's an analytical or a mathematical approach because there is not much uh, mathematics going on in my uh, brain as I'm thinking <laughs> about these things. I'll just be like, yeah, that'll maybe work. Let's see what happens. Dan, does that re- reflect your strategies at all? Yeah. Uh, all of those things come into play when I initially survey a board or kingdom. Uh, there are a few other things that I also do in addition to what you've talked about uh, as far as sort of top of the game choices. Uh, something you, you neglected to mention were, uh, were attacks, uh, specifically cursors. Sure. Whether or not there's a cursor on the board and which one it is and how it how it behaves uh, can, can be really uh, important, especially in, in the opening. Uh, and that uh, that actually leads me to starting position. Like if I'm going first or my opponent's going first, and then the the opening hands. Uh, so f- believe it or not, I, mean, I I think there's some very interesting things that can happen when I open with a five two, or when my opponent opens with a five two, or you know something like that. That will more often than not affect which cards I I might purchase. Absolutely. And then which can then in turn dictate my whole strategy for the rest of the game. Uh, as, as a lot of folks might know, there are generally more than one uh, viable strategies per kingdom, and some of them depend on how quickly you can obtain the right combination of cards or the right amount of cards of a certain card uh, in order to, to you know work properly. I'd say that the best kingdoms are the ones in which there are two or three or you know in which there are multiple viable strategies like one is not clearly better than the other those are the games right. that i have the most fun i agree i agree so so the opening and depending on who goes first and what choice they make for for example uh if there's uh, a mount of montebank or one of the more i think one of the things i would say i see the most frequently the one that uh the game, ch- uh, okay, and that, and that leads me to yet yeah, another thing I'm thinking about, but I'll, I'll finish the sentence. One of the game changer cards uh, that can dictate the entire tone of the game is uh, Ill-Gotten Gains. Oh, okay. So that's a $5 treasure card, which gives your opponent a curse immediately on purchase. So if, if my opponent opens with 5-2 and I get an Ill-Gotten Gains on the first, uh, you know, on my first, I haven't even gone yet, that immediately sets the tone for the game sure um so that's an example so so that that leads me to another thing that i will and actually this is probably the first thing when when i'm looking at a new kingdom you know for the first time the first thing i'm looking for are what i would call game changer cards uh there are a handful of cards that are so like powerful or so Strong that they literally dictate. Like they're the defining card. Like if you're recounting the game later, you'll be like, "Well, this was a chapel game." It, well, like, yeah, done. exactly. Uh, yeah. The the two that most commonly come, well, the three that come to mind for me are uh, tournament games, uh, pirate ship games, and ill-gotten games games. Uh, those three. Interesting. Yeah, those three. At least in my online play, you know, yeah. over, over the over the course. I would have put. 
I would say chapel above pirate ship. Maybe that's just me though. Like I, I, and I totally agree. Tournament and ill-gotten games games both have like a very specific feel to them. Yep. Uh, whereas I feel like, well, yeah, maybe pirate. And then there's another variation, which is a little bit more broad, which is a King's court game. A King's King's, King's court games have a tendency to go crazy. (laughs) Sure. Especially right, like around the fourth shuffle or so, you know, right around turn, say 18 or so. Yeah. Uh, If I had to specify King's court games, I would describe them as crazy. crazy. (laughs) Yeah. They have the potential to be crazy. Isn't it funny that like that is, I mean, this is going a little off, but like that so much more than throne room, like (laughs) it's just, it shouldn't be like throne room games should be crazy too, but no, for whatever reason, it's like not the same. It's yeah, because you can't no, really, yeah. you don't really get anything from throne rooming a throne room. But when you king's court a king's court, oh man, you and, and you get the right combo. Jeez, there's some nut, nutty stuff that I've seen happen. Sure, yeah. Um, so uh, the I guess the other the other game, another new game changer to me would be cultists. Interesting. Yeah, I found a, uh, a tactic that that has been, and 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 I guess uh, along the same Dark Ages uh, theme would be rebuilds. Okay, uh, rebuilds are a pretty dominating card as far as like what they do and how quickly you can. Yeah, I can see how if that's on the board, like you got to keep an eye out for that. And then uh, here's here's the other game, sort another sort of game changing factor, uh, tokens, victory victory tokens in particular. So. There are three or four cards, three or four. I guess there's only there three. Are three. Yeah, three cards yeah. that uh, that generate tokens, and I I don't know about you, but I have a pretty high frequency of getting more than one of them, uh, like at least two of them at any on in any given game. It's really strange. That is a little peculiar. Yeah, maybe it's just my luck lately. But I would I would break it down. I would say that there are goons games. Yeah, and then. There are sort of bishop games. I feel like goons like will dominate a game that's in bishop can uh, play definitely play a contributing factor and like monument can kind of like kind of sneak up on you. Like yeah, you know it's sort of a steady flow. It's just it's not quick. Like if, you know if you've if you've got four goons out and you you know you've got five buys like that can get crazy quick. But like you know monument's just sort of a just kind of out there under the radar. Yeah. Um, anyway, th- those are examples of of things that I I like to. I like to look at another fun victory point uh, or alternate VP card that I had a good game with recently. What with uh, with the uh, black market deck is Fairgrounds. Oh yeah, is it Fairgrounds or the other? What's the other one? Farmland. No, it's yeah, it's Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. Uh, I yeah, I was able to turn that into a colony essentially because I was sure. able to get twenty. Oh my uh, Lord. Yeah, I love. I should I should have mentioned that like as when I'm looking at alternate VP strategies I do like a good fairground like you get fairgrounds and a black market the, and like the, the knights. knights yeah the knights are really great or or, or, or actually ru- another one ruins even ruins actually that was part of it there was the cultist on the the cultist was in the black market deck and and uh, he, he my opponent got it and then that instantly gave me four more um, named not instantly cards. but you know throughout he got it I think that was the first thing he purchased um, sure. and throughout the game I was able to acquire. A handful of unique action cards, <laughs> um, which helped my. Uh, and and the, the funny thing is that he didn't he didn't seem to catch on to the fairgrounds thing I was doing until I had already gotten three of them. So dangerous, yeah, dangerous indeed. Well, All right, now we're now we're getting off yeah. topic here. Sorry, but uh, yeah, no, no, Good no, no, totally. 
<laughs> good times, good times. Um, I guess the one other the game, another like one last game changer thing with the latest edition guilds would be uh, coin token games, which I've I've been playing a handful of them lately. Uh, the coin tokens can really make or break a game, um, especially if you play them right. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, it kind of I think it depends on the card. Like I feel like Plaza is just kind of there. Yeah, I, my my favorite, my two favorite of the coin token cards are the Baker and the Candlestick Maker. Oh, okay. I was going to say Baker and Butcher hmm. as far as like the more changey, but yeah, Candlestick Maker as well. Yeah. Those are the <laughs> those are the three of the four cards. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yes. Yeah, so any any tokens. I think that that's that's your underlying principle because you you just outlined uh, pirate ship tokens, yep. uh, victory point tokens, and coin tokens. How about that? Tokens. Throw embargo in there and uh, call it a day. <laughs> right. Well, then there's also trade route. Don't forget trade route. Oh, a little known. Yes. Oh, trade route. Mm-hmm. We love you. Mm-hmm. Don't ever change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. How to analyze a board with uh, Pat and Dan. Yeah. So ask, ask for it by name. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, those are things I take into consideration. But like I said, just, just to come right back around, I've been getting trying to get more into the habit of playing the player as opposed to playing the game, if that makes any sense. Okay. I mean, I mean, that kind of comes back to the, like, I was sort of analyzing the board in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you more analyze the board like like I'm analyzing the board before the game even starts. And you're doing that as well, but you're also kind of analyzing it after turn one. Right. After turn two. Right. Which which I, I do as well. Um, maybe I need to do that more. Yeah. And it sounds like you are you it sounds like you are doing that more. Well, I, I, f- I find that as I'm playing more experienced players online, that's it's the only way that I can succeed. I mean, sometimes what I'll have to do is you know like I think we we've, we've both sort of established we have a tendency to be quote unquote nice guy players and we don't like jump right for the witch you know or the sea yeah on the no I will, I will I will play a gentleman's game when at all possible right. AKA uh, I will lose <laughs> but uh, you know AKA I won't buy an attack until someone else does yeah it, but that exactly. that will cost me so a I, game, I yeah. tend to 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 have you know that same um, approach as well but. So, so I could have this really nice little combo in mind, which has nothing to do with curses at all. But if I'm playing against somebody who is really aggressive and and is and you know is is starting down that path, I've had much better luck following them and matching their strategy uh, than trying to stick to my guns and go with my ni- right. nice guy. Oh yeah, you can just keep cursing me. That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll trash those that's as cool. I get them. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fine. And then you know, and then you lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's and it's a, it's a cold war. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta stay, stay up to date. Indeed. Um, so, shall we use our uh, newfound uh, board analyzation skills to look at a random game? I like it. Let's do that. All right. Dan has prepared, kindly prepared for us a random game that neither of us have looked at. Nope. All right. We will start in cost order with the Haven, costing two. That's plus one card, plus one action, with the duration ability to set aside a card from your hand face down uh, at the start of your next turn you can pull that card into your hand followed by chapel old faithful for trasher at the cost of two as well uh, next up is candlestick maker also two uh, plus one action plus one buy and take a coin token uh, then we have the village 
Plain Vanilla Village. Plus one card, plus two actions, costing three. Uh, next, Talisman uh, costs four. It's a special treasure coin that is worth one, uh, one coin, and then when it's in play, if you buy any cards that cost four coins or less, that's not a victory card, you get another one. So it's a nice way to double up on cheaper action cards. Followed by the Spice Merchant. Four coins. You may trash a treasure from your hand. If you do, choose one plus two cards and an action or two coins and a buy. Nice and versatile. Followed by Gardens, your favorite alternate victory point. Four, four bucks. Uh, worth one victory point for every ten cards in your deck. Round it down. Uh, next up, another duration card. Wharf. Five bucks. Now and at the start of your turn, plus two cards, plus one buy. Rounding out the end, we have Mandarin, five bucks. This is a little weird. You get three coins for playing this card, and then you put a card from your hand on top of your deck. Uh, and it also has the additional clause for when you gain this card, all the treasures that you have in play get put back on the top of your deck in any order. So opening with this can be a little weird, because you, you can put those five coffers right back on your deck again. Uh, and finally we have the Band of Misfits costing five. Uh, and this is a interesting little wild card card. Play this as if it were any action card in the supply costing less than it that you choose. Uh, this is that card until it leaves play. Uh, and that's from Dark Ages. So that's our random kingdom. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've, a... I've never met a kingdom I didn't like, but yeah, there's some interesting <laughs> uh, there's some interesting stuff going on here. Yeah, so you, you want to go first and tell me what uh, your initial thoughts are? I mean, the first thing that jumps out at me are the uh, are our old friends Chapel and Gardens, both from the base set, uh, just because those are in direct conflict with each other. Yeah. Uh, so Chapel encourages you to have a super slim deck, and Gardens encourages you not to do that at all. Um, so that's like a very divergent point right at the start off the yeah. like. You can go. You can go down this road. You can go down that route, and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Just going. I'm kind of going all over the place here. Band of Misfits strikes me as uh, Band of Misfits can be a super strong card on this board. It seems particularly weak, just because the only really viable target is Spice Merchant. Basically, when I'm playing Band of Misfits, uh, this card can be any action card costing less than it. Band of Misfits costs five, so I don't know. I feel like if you're going to invest in Band of Misfits, you're going to want it to duplicate somewhat powerful cards, i.e. like fours, maybe threes. Uh, and the only real targets there are Spice Merchant, Village. Everything else is like Candlestick Maker, eh, okay, Haven, eh, Chapel. Well, so l let me uh, pose a counterpoint for you. Yeah. I would say that Band of Misfits is extremely useful. On oh, this okay. Because, Do tell. Because um, <clears throat> one of the shortcomings of Chapel, in my opinion, is that once you have slimmed your cards down, it's just you're stuck with the dead. stupid Chapel in yeah, your hand. Yeah, okay, hand. all right. So if you if you were to forego your initial Chapel purchase, which is usually one of the first cards that you buy, right. save up for the Band of Misfits, yeah. use it as a Chapel for the first couple times to slim your deck down. Now you have this other this card. This is true. That can, that can double as a... It can get you some coins as a candlestick maker. It can get you some actions and a card as a village. You can even use it as a haven if you really wanted to. Uh, I, I would argue that it's probably one of the stronger cards of the of this of this kingdom. Dan, I will counter your counter-argument. 
Oh no! <laughs> and say that while you are correct, it is it is nice to not have like effectively a dead card. The chapel once once the chapel's done its business in your deck, uh-huh. like that is uh-huh. awesome. However, uh, I feel like chapel is strongest early. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And if you don't buy it, say by turn three, like just don't even bother buying it. Just because like you want you want to get that out the gate, buy it, trash your stuff, and then kind of rebuild things. If you open say five two, then mm-hmm. I would say you like go band of misfits haven. Then you effectively have like everything on the board already. Yeah, and you've got a spare haven. And that. I will. Uh, I will agree with your analysis. I think that's a good call. No. Moving along, other other nice little combos I see here. Uh, I'm always a big fan. Whenever I see uh, a wharf, the next thing I look for is if there's a plush action on on the board. sure. Because yeah. um, it's it's always a little heartbreaking when you play that wharf and then one of the two cards that you just pulled is an action. Is, is an action and yeah. there's nothing you can do with it. You know, you, you are redeemed a little bit on your next turn when you right. get seven cards, but it's like, oh, man, it would be super cool if I got to play that second card. So having a village uh, is kind of nice. Yeah. No, I, 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 I do like that. What do you think about Talisman on this board? It strikes me as a little weak. Uh, well, I again, I would disagree with you on that one okay uh, because <laughs> this, another is card, this is good another card that i find is super handy in multiples uh-huh. uh is candlestick maker oh, okay uh so one potential cool little combo uh could be a couple of villages a couple of wharves and a, a, a whole bunch of candlestick makers and use the can and use the talisman to get those villages right, right. and candlestick makers so you got all the well, that gives you a ton of buys, which is kind of cool. So if you if you for, theoretically if you were to build up your hand so that let's say you were to play two wharves, so now you have five, six, seven, eight, nine cards in your hand, a talisman, and one or two of those cards are are uh, candlestick makers. You've got all these buys. You right. can theoretically you could you could uh, pile this 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 you know you could, kingdom out really yeah, quickly. That's interesting. By grabbing all the havens and the rest of the candlestick makers, uh, and then one of the victory card piles, maybe estates or something like that. So I think that brings us to the next question: How is this? How is this game going to end? I get. I mean, having you having said that just now, I think yeah. it could go out on piles, like because there's uh, you've got the plus buys from the wharf, and I find that wharf in general just sort of speeds up games. Yeah, just because you you're starting with seven cards in your hand, uh, yeah. and there's a lot of cheap stuff, and talisman can definitely help pile out a pile, right? Especially if you have two of them. Sure. Yeah. So I could see, I could see three piling. Yeah. That might even be likely. In fact, you could this that would also make I think talisman and gardens kind of work really well together because you know you're buying you're that many a massive, more cards. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I wouldn't. I would probably wait till the towards the end to start gardening up. But um, but yeah, that's you know what's nice about gardens is it's a cheapish card you know and you get rewarded for having more of them so in theory you do wharfs villages talismans candlestick makers for buys and coins and then just try to pile those guys down and then get as many gardens as you can and that could make for a pretty decent uh approach so so here's the uh, here's the real question i think we've established five two you open band of misfits haven at least that's what i would do uh I would open Band of with Candlestick Maker. Okay. Yeah. How do you open 3-4? Three, 3-4, four? Three, four, I would probably go Talisman Silver. Oh, wow. Big yeah. big money, big money. I yeah. think I would go Spice Merchant Silver 
Mm. and this is hearkening back to our earlier discussion of me being obsessed with trashing cards. Mm-hmm. And I like I like Sp- I like Spice Merchant's uh, kind of I would call it the laboratory effect uh, plus two cards plus one action, uh, mm-hmm. and then I do like its versatility of uh, effectively plus an extra coin because you're probably trashing a copper uh, and a buy. I look at Spice Merchant in a similar light as Chapels. Uh, I tend to st- tend to stay away from them if there's no way for me to get rid of it later. Oh, okay. Um, because after I've gotten rid of all of my coppers, of which I only have seven, it's not as super useful as it, uh, so, as it was. So I will counter your argument again. <laughs> and uh-huh. basically what uh, I, I acknowledge that that is a shortcoming of the Spice Merchant, um, but mm-hmm. that's when I bust out the alternate effect of uh, plus two two coin plus a buy and I'll just buy something that I actually want with the plus two coin and then I'll just pick up a copper hoping to kind of keep the spites merchant in business a little longer I, yeah and I've done that myself in the past sure. um, actually most frequently most recently with um, uh, foragers because um, foragers need stuff to trash Yeah, uh, and they're super handy because they're plus one action plus one buy so yeah giving giving your your, your trashers some some fuel, fuel yeah <laughs> is a is a good uh yeah. it's good practice uh i think we're done here but uh real quick we, we haven't mentioned our friend the mandarin yet what do you think about mandarin on this board i think it's dumb <laughs> okay that's fair I, that's fair i've bought i think i've purchased maybe three mandarins in my whole in life your, in your dominion uh career yep yeah and most and the most useful thing that the Mandarin has done for me yeah. has been expanded into a province. <laughs> blah, blah. I just, I don't know, man. It just, it, uh, it doesn't really do anything for me. I have definitely dabbled in the open 5-2, open with Mandarin uh, yeah. game before. I tried it once, too. I'm like, well, that's cool. I got all those coppers back. Bang. Yeah. What, what Now, what's to keep you from just doing that every time? Uh, your own stupidity. <laughs> it's, in, it's in very fine print, but it is there on the card. Uh, I mean, I've done it. I think I've bought. I think I've really just done it once. I think I've bought the Mandarin and then bought. You know, I would. I would if I opened five two, maybe I would open Mandarin, throw the coppers back, Band of Misfits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Haven or Candlestick Maker, mm-hmm. maybe. But mm-hmm. I feel like I, I have. I have seen people be like Mandarin, Mandarin, Mandarin. Really? I've never I've seen, seen it that. three times. You know, oh I've, my God. I've seen someone go, go three deep. That's as deep. I, that's too deep. I, I'd, yeah. I'd say two, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I mean, that could be cool for future use. Like if yeah. you want to expand it or remodel it into a, a, a seven, or I guess with, with your remodel, you could just remodel it into a gold or remake it, you know, yeah. remake fodder. But it's just, I don't know, man. Huh. I don't think Doesn't it's that bad. I think like, you know, if it conflicts with itself, like if you have two, then you just throw one back. It's kind of got a little uh, courtyard in it, which I... Uh, and I like Courtyard as a card, yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, Courtyard's not bad. I've also had recently re- sort of rediscovered, or I guess discovered is the better way of putting it, um, Explorer. Um, I never, I used to never buy those things. Really? And it's actually a pretty damn useful card. Uh, I, uh, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. It, I mean, I, as an alternative. I've bought more Mandarins than I have Explorers. So I'll just throw that out there. Well, there's, what, three or four cards that give you silvers. What's cool about it, though, it, unlike all of the other silver givers... This puts it right in your hand. It's true. Which is kind of handy. Yeah. Uh, so, Trading Post does as well. Yeah, but you're at the at the expense of, of two other this cards. Is this is true. Yeah. So, and then I, I does the gold? I have to look it up. So Explorer is five coins. Five reveal a province. If you have one, get a gold in your hand. 
if not get a silver in your hand. Okay, so the gold is in your hand yeah, as well. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I think that I want to say that's a seaside card. It is. Yeah, uh, good uh, good uh, diversity on this random game. Good job, Goku. Like, I think yeah, we've man. got one card Goku. from every expansion except Intrigue. So that's pretty good. Really? Uh, huh. Oh, and Cornucopia. Well, still, yeah. we'll take what we can get. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good mix. Yeah. And finally, and finally. Hands in a derby. <laughs> I hope someone gets that. I don't think anyone will. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, you look nice today. Look it up. <laughs> finally, we're going to analyze a game because we haven't done that in a while. It's been a minute. It's been a, it's been a hot minute. Uh, we're going to analyze a Dan game. Yeah, let, let, me, let me fire up my computer up. here. And we'll have links to all this in the in the show notes so you you can visualize the game that we just uh, talked about. And there should be little blings. I can't remember if I put those in the last episode. I'm, Tingling. I may have forgotten to. But they'll, they'll be in this episode. So keep an eye on your iPhone or whatever device on which you're listening to this podcast. And there will be changing album art. It's like the future. Amazing. And there will be uh, links to all the things that we were discussing, including this game from Dan. Yay. Whose kingdom I will now read aloud to you. Starting in cost order, we're going to kick it off with Pearl Diver, which is a two-cost action card that reads plus one card, plus one action. Look at the bottom card of your deck. You may put it on top. After that is Oracle, which is a action attack costing three, and it reads, each player, including you, reveals the top two cards of his deck, and you choose one. Either he discards them, or he puts them back on top in an order he chooses. And then after that is plus two cards. After that is Masterpiece, which is a treasure, costing three with an overpay option. Uh, and it reads, it has a value of one, and underneath the bar it says, when you buy this, you may overpay for it. If you do, gain a silver per one coin you overpaid. After that is Talisman, which is another treasure card, costing four, and it's valued one. And it reads, while this is in play, when you buy a card costing four or less that is not a victory card, gain a copy of it. After that is Navigator, which is a four-cost action, and it reads, plus two coins. Look at the top five cards of your deck. Either discard all of them or put them back on top of your deck in any order. After that is Feodum, which is a victory card costing four, and it reads, Worth one victory point for every three silvers in your deck rounded down. When you trash this, gain three silvers. After that is Bishop, which is an action costing four, and it reads, Plus one coin, plus one victory point token, and it says, Trash a card from your hand, plus victory point tokens equal to half its cost in coins rounded down. Each other player may trash a card from his hand. After that is Trading Post, which is a five-cost action card, and it reads, Trash two cards from your hand. If you do, gain a silver card. Put it in your hand. After that is Minion, which is a five-cost action attack card, and it reads, Plus one action. Choose one. Plus two coins, or discard your hand, plus four cards, and each other player with at least five cards in hand discards his hand and draws four cards. And then finally is Philosopher's Stone. It is a treasure card costing three plus a potion, and it reads, When you play this, count your deck and discard pile, and it is worth one coin per five cards rounded down between them. Okay, that was a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Well done. This is an interesting board. I uh, I think that this could this could uh, yield an interesting game. <laughs> Do you yeah. want to? Uh, 
I have, I have, I, I will admit I looked at the log, but I did not see how you guys opened. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to assume that I have a three, four opening and I'm going to open. Oh boy. Uh, Bishop silver, maybe. I mean, that's sort of a standard opening. And as we've established, I'm a sucker for trashing. Mm-hmm. Um, what was kind of, what were you thinking when you, when this board came up, what was, what, what, what's, what jumped out at you, if anything? Well, I'll be honest with you. I had just recently played when prior to this game, a game. This is right after I got guilds, and I was pretty, you know, psyched about guilds. And I didn't, I didn't have anyone. I didn't want to play any games against people when I first got just because I wanted to familiarize myself a little bit with. It. So I did. I played a couple of games uh, against some bots, and in one of those games, there was this really interesting masterpiece Feodum combo. Oh, where okay. we, we wound up getting into this crazy silver battle, so sure. so I, I recognized those two like fresh from that game, and then I and then I looked some more. I'm like, oh, wait a second, there are other, you know, I could also get silvers from the trading post. Uh, so I basically I would also sort of bishop is one of my very favorite cards, and I almost always grab one of those right up front, but I wanted to give that. Feodum that, silver thing sure. a try, <laughs> you know, and I figured, well, let's we'll, we'll see what happens, you let's know. Let's make it happen. Let's let's give it a shot. I would even say that a uh, talisman can like you could use a talisman and gain two silvers. I think I was thinking that as well. Uh, uh, I can't yeah, remember this is exactly a silver silver rich board. Yeah. So I believe, so what did you open with? So I opened with a silver and then a masterpiece for four, which got me another silver. There you go. And your opponent. He opened silver, silver. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Really setting the tone. Yeah. I mean, that is, well, I guess not. I was going to say his opening is strictly worse uh, in uh, in Magic the Gathering parlance. Uh-huh. Uh, in that, like, Masterpiece Silver is strictly better than silver. Yeah, he, he could have opened silver. His yeah, first, His have. first was, so he opened with three and yeah. bought a silver. I opened with three. And bought a silver. Then I had four. Then he he went first. Then he had four, right. bought the silver. And then I went. I had four, and I bought the masterpiece. Masterpiece overpaid, gaining a silver, getting an additional yeah. silver. Then, I guess it's not strictly. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and then, so then and then he gets his turn three. He has three. Oh, yeah, look at th- that. Three coppers and a silver. He buys a masterpiece, overpaying with two For to two. get two more. Yeah, okay. And then I do the exact same thing the next time. And oh basically, the next six turns. This is all. Oh, jeez. We, yeah, we basically trade purchasing. We basically pile out the masterpieces by overpaying with them. And I think he. No one bought anything he, else. He wins that fight with with. Uh, in turn six, he he overpays for the masterpiece with seven. I'm sorry. With, with five. Yeah, with five coins. Yeah. Uh, getting five silvers and one, and one fell swoop. Um, and then finally, I guess. His draw, he, he he breaks the the streak and gets a, a pearl diver. Yeah. Just because he read, just because his economy, just he got a bad. Yeah, I guess so. He drew three estates and two coppers. So he yeah, much choice. and then yeah. we finally start into the Theodums. Start into the game proper. Yeah, like after all the masterpieces are gone by like turn yeah. by turn eight. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then you just move right into Theodums. And then we basically go like back no and hesitation. Forth buying Theodums. Yeah, look at this. And then I pick up a trading post, which I don't think I even got a chance to use. 
thinking like, oh, I can get rid of some of my coppers and replace them with more silver. Exactly. And he, yeah, he, okay, um, all right. And then I get a province because I guess I have, you know, so many cards. I'm like, oh, geez, I have and, enough here. And for, no buys, yeah. Yeah, for a province. And then I buy a bishop thinking that I can. Old habits die hard, Dan. Yeah. I, well, I, figured, I, think, I think I figured I could uh, trash that province for some coins. And then, oh, I guess I did I did actually get to use the trading post. Yeah, you got, uh, a, you got a silver out of it. Yeah. And uh, and then I got another province, and then he buys a province, and then we wind up basically draining out the silvers. I, I buy just I have two silvers and a masterpiece, and I buy the last silver, ending the ending game the game on three that piles. Is crazy silvers, so like, feodums, and masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow! And uh, and the score was literally neck to neck. Yeah, uh, look at this. L- looking at the graph here at the bottom. Uh, it was a super tight game. Uh, I, yeah. I won by one point thirty-eight to thirty-seven. Thirty-seven, both on eighteen turns. Yeah, man. All right, this is a great game. <laughs> I like this a lot. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, these final decks are. He bought a pearl diver, <laughs> <laughs> and you bought a bishop, which you never used, and a trading post, which you used once. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and great. he actually had more silvers than me. He did. So his actually his feudums were worth more than mine. Right. Well, because it's three rounded down, right? Is it three or is it yeah. four? Uh, please hold. Yeah, it's three. So oh, he, his okay. were his were worth more. Yeah, yeah, his but, were worth a victory point more. But I had an extra province. But you had an extra province that offset it. Yeah. Yeah, that was wow. lucky. That was really lucky. That's a great game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's like a that's a case study in the masterpiece feodum combo. Yeah, for real. Not even factoring in like talisman and like those other silver givers. Like that could have. Yeah, yeah, I think this game lasted almost five minutes too. I mean, yeah. it was really, it was really driven. Like there are so many. Like I'm just looking at the board now. Like minion can totally dominate. A, like we could have. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that that's another like red flag card. Like when you see that card, like this could turn into a minion game. Bishop, I feel like can sometimes dominate a board. Mm-hmm. These other cards, yeah, less so. Mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't even come into play. No, just master masterpiece and feudum. We Don't. literally just purchased like three cards no. each and just piled Very them out. Good. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I saved this one just because it was so. Yeah, that's a keeper. Odd, so weird. Yeah, I like it. All right, I like it a lot. Uh, well, this concludes yet another uh, Dominion podcast. Oh, we didn't even say the name of the show at the top of the hour. Oh. You have been listening to "This Is Not in the Supply." Tingling with Pat and Dan. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Dominion Podcast. By all means, keep the comments coming. We'll uh, we'll keep doing shows. We'll uh, we'll we'll finish up guilds next episode, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be good times. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like uh, it. Dan, always a pleasure. Indeed. All right, uh, everyone out there, rejoice in your shared victory. There you go. All right, take it easy. <laughs>